is Stone Cold Steve Austin. In the interest of fairness, did I inform you that officially, as of now, you are managing The Rock? Austin's wife's managing The Rock? What the hell is that? I never asked for Deborah to be my manager, never wanted Deborah to be my manager. But the fact of the matter is this, is she's not my responsibility. She's not my wife. She's your wife. Angle is going to break Deborah's ankle for God's sake. Right in front of there's a rattlesnake. You never, ever, ever put your hands on another man's wife. Austin warned him. Away from the stutter. Austin warned the rock. And if anything happened to Deborah, it would be the rock's ass. Let's just go ahead and take Deborah out of the equation. Bam, it's a non-factor. The fact is, Rock, you got the WWF title, and I want it. Waiting until WrestleMania. Your bald-headed, double-studded candy ass belongs to the Rock. Wait a Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Right? Well, I say just bring it. You say I just whipped your ass. So on April 1st, why don't you just come try and whip the Rock's ass? It's WrestleMania season, or, well, a little after by the time this will air, but still, we are still in the thick of uh, post-WrestleMania here. This is wrestling, motherfucker. Yeah, we're still feeling the, what's the word I'm looking for? The emotions of the the WrestleMania season. Yeah, and uh, a lot of (laughs) post-WrestleMania shenanigans have happened. I know, man. <laughs> some, it's, some's good, some bad. It's almost a good thing that we waited to do this episode by now because um, we said we weren't going to talk about a lot of current events in wrestling, but, I mean, they just released, they just had their spring cuts. And, you know, every year after Mania, WWE has a series of spring cuts. Mm-hmm. And every year, people that follow the product act like this is something new that ain't never fucking happened before. Like, last year it was Zack Ryder was the one I was pissed off about. Mm-hmm. This year it's Samoa Joe. I mean, he's been having a lot of concussion problems. They haven't been doing nothing with him with the, but using him as a commentator. But goddamn, he was, he, even a color commentary, he was better than that motherfucker that they hired to replace Tom Phillips on Monday Night Raw. I thought Tom <laughs> Phillips was doing fine. Mm-hmm. But then they hired this new guy that doesn't know a goddamn thing about wrestling, and you could tell. That he he had no clue what the fuck was going on, but at least he pronounced everybody's names correctly and didn't call anybody goddamn Jeff Harvey. <laughs> like the last time they tried to use one of these NFL castoffs. You know why? I looked in this guy Vic uh, Vic. What was his name? Oh, Anon uh, Verk, whatever. Yeah, Verk. There we yeah. go. I looked him up, and he he was fired from ESPN. For leaking fucking information. That's why he doesn't work at ESPN. So Dave Melser and the Wrestling Observer, I think you guys have found your new guy. 
Because from now on, when plans leak and shit, I'm just going to blame it on this fucking guy because he's the only one that's got a public reputation for doing this shit. Oh, yeah. He's stooging hard, brother. <laughs> Watch them Thunderdome leaks are going to come out like wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to start taping two versions of every show so that they won't, so they can keep this justified fucking clusterfuck of a guy. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't too crazy about him. And maybe he'll grow on me. I don't know. I don't know why they can't bring back Mario Rotello, whatever the Italian Mario name Mario Rotello, yeah. Yeah, I don't know you why You can thank can't. JBL for that because he bullied the, then the fuck out of the company, that piece of crap. Yeah, well, fuck JBL. JBL's not on there anymore. Yeah. Well, this was a couple years ago when we were doing SmackDown or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's going on now. Uh, we also lost the Iconics. They'll be in AEW. Or you think maybe. they'll go to TNA? You never know, man. Listen, look what Impact did last year when, you know, literally a year to the day, the same, like, thing happened with the releases and shit. And they yeah. picked up some good quality talent. And it's, you know, maybe they could pick up some stuff. I'll tell you where they won't fucking go. <clears throat> Ring of Honor. Yeah, because Ring of Honor hates their woman for some reason. Ring of Honor is the is the sad travesty in the creation of AEW, because AEW comes along, signs away anybody in ROH that was really worth watching. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe Jay Lethal's still there. Jay Lethal's, why is he still there? Like, I don't know, man. He he deserves so much better. They must be paying this motherfucker a shit ton of money. Yeah. They gotta be. be. Got that fucking Sinclair money. Yeah. Because he sure ain't there for the wonderful audience that comes and watches Ring of Honor. Because even before COVID, I mean, Ring of Honor wasn't drawing 100 goddamn people for a TV taping. Yeah, they were dwindling ever since, you know, Cody and the Bucks basically left. Like, that that hurt him hard. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I don't, I don't understand. Impact is doing, um, or rather, AEW is doing this uh, collaboration with Impact and why would they not do it with Ring of Honor? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think Ring of Honor even wants to do business with them. I don't know. Oh, well. ROH better get their shit together. In a couple of years, there won't be no ROH. Yeah. I mean, they're only really surviving now because of the New Japan partnership. Like, you remember the when they did Mass Square Garden, the ROH New Japan show? Everyone was pretty much there yeah. for the New Japan guys. They don't give a shit about Ring of Honor. I know, nobody, I mean, and there was a time where ROH was the number two promotion in the world. Oh, dude, yeah. They they had, like, they were the future, basically. You look at guys now that are in, like, NXT, AW, wherever. A lot of those guys came from Ring of Honor, and they were basically building that future. Now and they're just, like, stuck in limbo. Don't give me this bullshit about streaming and how they're hard to find on TV. One, you can stream Ring of Honor on the Fight Network. I watch it there. And you know what? I never watched Ring of Honor before they came on the Fight app. But, you know, you can't give me this bullshit that Ring of Honor is the third because of that. No, motherfucker, TNA was on Spike fucking TV. Mm -hmm. And during their Spike TV run, Ring of Honor was still the number two promotion in the world. TNA had become a retirement home for wrestlers and guys looking to take a fucking paid vacation for a few weeks. <coughs> Years. <clears throat> My bad. <laughs> and so all these young talent that was building TNA, that was the basis of it, was like, man, fuck mm. this. I'll go to Ring of Honor <laughs> and or to NXT. 
literally, yeah, the next a few years ago, it's basically just like, oh, look, here's guys from TNA. You know, like Bobby Roode, James Storm was there for like three months. Uh, three months, oh, fuck. Try three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, oh, God, that dickbag Austin Aries. Um, Dude, Austin Aries yeah. is just perpetually fucking shit up i don't know what his problem is i don't know too much too much fucking like you know this in the head i think the ct has gone to a lot of these people like these wrestlers over i don't know i just assume that but <laughs> okay. like what, how can you think like so ass backwards and then be like oh i'm playing i'm playing a fucking heel on my twitter like anyone who says that on wrestling twitter is a fucking loser <laughs> i'm sorry i'm i'm totally playing a heel yeah did that really pay your bills you dumb fuck I like to play a heel on Facebook and piss people off. Yeah, it's just basically like, here's my excuse for why I'm such a piece of shit in real life. There you <laughs> on go. Social media. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Well, I'll never understand um, why things got the way that they did in that period. But I think it's really cool that um, I, I really liked it when all the TNA guys came over to NXT. I thought that was a really neat thing to see Samoa Joe I don't know why the hell he went to NXT. I don't know why the hell Bobby Roode had to go to NXT. I don't really see the point in that. But, you know, they did what they did. Triple H ain't in charge yet, so. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, maybe things will be better if he's in charge. I don't know. Let's see. Well, sometimes I think they can't get much worse. But then just whenever I start to write off the product altogether, they have... A series of shows like they had last week with Stand and Deliver. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. I'll be honest. I haven't watched NXT since um, who was the champion when I was watching it? Neville. Oh, my God. That's like literally the beginning of it on the network. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't really got. I never really Seven watched it. Seven years NXT. ago. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck me. I've got a life and a podcast. We've got a whole other podcast I spend two days working on every week. I don't have a lot of time watching television and stuff, so I don't watch NXT. But this past week, um, it was WrestleMania week. I got a lot of my work done. Some of it got delayed. For those of you on Patreon, sorry for the wait, but you got everything in a timely manner. Uh, But anyway, so I was... Uh, let's see. I watched Stand and Deliver first. And like I said, I don't even watch NXT. And I really enjoyed that. Not knowing who anybody was, mm-hmm. except maybe Finn Balor on the second night. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the hell out of that show. I know who Ciampa, Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa. I don't know how to pronounce his fucking name. Yeah. I know who he is. I know, let me rephrase that. I know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. But um, never really saw him that in action all that much up until the point where I watched the show the other day with Stand and Deliver. And uh, that was really enjoyable. And I was like, man, WrestleMania is going to have a hard time topping that. And night one of WrestleMania was phenomenal. I spent it in St. Louis with some friends of mine. Uh, we had a nice party and everything. Went, you know what I mean? We went back to the hotel afterward, buzzing about how great WrestleMania was. Then we came home that next morning and uh, watched WrestleMania Night 2 at my house. And Night 2 was... Uh... Yeah, it wasn't that great. 
it wasn't as good as night one i'll give you that but i mean i feel like the smackdown side of things on night two like basically brought it to some us to a somewhat decent level because like it started off real shit oh, oh yeah my god it was oh such it was bad the main event was the best part oh fuck i mean it was so good because like the stories going into it like every guy in that match had like some sort of like a reason that they could totally pull it off they could pull off that win and there's a really good story going into it as well. I, I want to disagree with you on that. To me, there was only one obvious person that you, that needed that win. Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan didn't need it. I think he's talking like he's getting ready to retire. I don't know if that was just part of the promo and the gimmick or not, but Edge doesn't need it. But Roman Reigns as this heel gimmick. Roman Reigns as a heel is the hottest thing they've got right now. Oh, it's so good. They can't fuck that up like they did Drew McIntyre. I mean. But, um, yeah, we'll just quickly wrap up the modern conversation talk. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) What did you, did you you enjoy it? You said, what was your favorite? WrestleMania. WrestleMania was a pretty good one this year. I can't complain. Um, not as good as the one we're going to be covering in the five minutes, but it's still pretty good. Um, I'd say, like, my top, like, five matches. Like, no particular order. I'd say my top five are probably the triple threat for the Universal title, um, the SmackDown Women's title, because that was fucking stellar. That was insane. That was so, great. Really she loved the... Uh, yeah. When she whipped Sasha and left that lash on her, sh- oh. on her side... Oh man, yeah. dude, you could feel that. I think my side whelped up a little bit just from watching just, it. Yeah, you heard that sound go, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> you just go one of those faces. Dude, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, Cesaro Rollins was a, a fucking stellar match. I really liked that one. Yeah, that one was good. Um, what about, um, fuck, what was the, what about the Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens number 197? That's pretty good. I mean, I could see these guys fucking fight forever. They've done great shit, you know, whether it's Ring of Honor or here in WWE, man. And uh, thank God someone stunned the shit out of Logan Paul. I know. And the crowd popped. That's the only fucking thing I didn't understand is what the fuck is Logan Paul doing here? (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know who the fuck Logan Paul is. So YouTube douchebags. Yeah, you can suck a dick for all I care. Anyway, uh, what was the... Oh, the Bad Bunny match. What'd you think yeah. about the, the retarded like rap? Dude, he was impressive. Like, I knew, like, you heard the things, like, he was training and stuff at the Performance Center or whatever. I'm like, all right, because, you know, like, he's taking this seriously, and he, you know, has a appreciation for the product and, like, the people in the ring and everything. And I feel like you got not just giving him credit, but you have to also give, like, Miz and Morrison credit because... Man, those guys are very, like, safe workers, and they make him look like a million fucking bucks. Yeah, man, I don't know why the fuck they keep clowning on Miz like they do. <laughs> like, he went from being in the goddamn main event of WrestleMania with John Cena to doing the job to fucking retarded rabbit and some big motherfucker you never heard of. Damian Priest, that's him. Damian Priest. Yeah, ah, he was pretty good in ROH. The, uh... Oh, dude, who was that? Who, did we ever find out the name? Because I didn't watch much. I skimmed SmackDown, but uh, the guy that uh, came in and helped Apollo Crews, the big motherfucker. Mm-hmm. 
What did we ever figure out his name? Who the fuck that is? I don't know, but that's the f- dude from Raw Underground, I think. Ah, hmm. that Baba Tunde Daba Killer. Fucking his name is this. <laughs> week, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll learn it sooner than later. But yeah, man, uh, great time at WrestleMania. I had a great weekend hanging with my friends and enjoying the season. I always enjoy WrestleMania season, even when Mania sucks. Uh, I think the last time we really got a shitty Mania was that one where Triple H wrestled Roman Reigns in the main event because everybody else was hurt. 32. Yeah, that yeah. was just, God. It went off for like half an hour, that main event. It was so bad. I was bored. <laughs> Where Seth Rollins injured everybody and then hurt himself, so even he wasn't on the card, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> fucking mania went on forever. I'm just like, I'm oh, fuck this. That eight hour bullshit. Yeah, thank goodness they do it like two nights the last couple of years. Cause I feel like you get more breather. Like it's not just here's like twenty matches in eight hours. It's like yeah. this is a WCW pay per view. Yeah, they're gonna do. Uh, they're gonna go back to. They're talking about going back to. They're thinking they're going back to one one night next year, when they come to Houston. And man, I firmly disagree with that decision. I really hope that they change their mind over the next year and decide to keep WrestleMania two nights because I love it being two nights because yeah, it gives you something to look forward to twice. Like you've got WrestleMania night one when you've, because I get, I get hyped about mania in January. Mm-hmm. I, I start, I don't really watch wrestling all that much. I watch, I, I, if, if, if there's a match or something on a pay-per-view uh, that I'm interested in, like I watched NXT Halloween Havoc. I didn't know anybody and I didn't really like the show itself, but I was a little interested in it because it was Halloween Havoc. Uh, I went back and watched the great American bash this week, just because it's the great American bash. I'm now that I've seen stand to deliver. I want to see a little more of these guys. And this Rhea Ripley chick is insane. She is amazing. I love her. I can't wait till Becky Lynch comes back and I would love to see a, a, a program between Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. And I hope Rhea Ripley whips her ass for what she did and took a year off at the height of her goddamn popularity. Couldn't even make her damn money before she went and fucked up. But, I mean, that'd be like Stone Cold Steve Austin in the middle of the attitude. Yeah, he broke his fucking neck. He had an excuse to be out for a year. Yeah. But... (laughs) He didn't voluntarily do something that's going to cause him to be out for a year at the height of his popularity. Wait a couple of years till you start to decline and we've all made our money. And then fine. Yeah, sure. Go get knocked up. Yeah. No, we can blame Seth Rollins for that. Goddamn Seth Rollins. More excuse to hate that man. (laughs) I know. CrossFit Jesus. Yeah. Was it the... What the fuck do they call him now? Like the freaking... The the no, it was with his fucking suits and shit now. Oh, I don't know. Some, oh, God. But yeah, you see his suits, they're fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. I know they used to call him CrossFit Jesus. Yeah, but that was when he did the all-white thing. Oh, man. Well... The show we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to get on into our show. We've been, been, we've been bullshitting with you for a few minutes now. And, uh, 
gushing our excitement as fanboys over the WrestleMania weekend. So now it's time for us to get back in our little time machine. We're going to go back 20 years ago. Actually, at the time of this recording, to be exact, we're going to go back 20 years and 17 days ago to WrestleMania 17, highly regarded as one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Um, Well, let me rephrase that. Highly regarded as the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, basically the sort of climax on the Attitude Era, you could say. Yeah, and we'll get, there's one thing I think absolutely sucks in this show, and we will get to that in a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back, we're going to relive the night, we're going to talk about the matches we saw, we're going to talk about the wrestlers that participated in this pay-per-view, and kind of discuss where is everybody now, what happened, what was going on then. We'll see what conversations arise as we go through 12 matches. Last time, last month when we covered Nitro, the final Nitro 20 years later, uh, we didn't have that many to go off of, so this might be a little longer than the last one. But you know what? We're here. We're going to enjoy it. And it's 20 years later. This show happened, what, six days after the last Nitro? Yeah, literally, like a week, pretty much the the whole week building up to start with the the final Nitro. Then it basically wrapped its way around here. It went up, uh, the final Nitro went up against the go-home show for Raw, Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. Uh, There was a SmackDown in between. I did not watch it. I probably should have, but uh, since they've cocked us on the WWE Network, they took away the network and give us the cock. Yeah, uh, well, because Vince loves cock, you know, according to you. <laughs> I remember that. I love cocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't, and it might be on there now. I didn't really look that much, but I have a feeling the SmackDown that far back is not going to be on the cock anyway. So yeah, they're adding like random years at this point from what I'm seeing, like people on Twitter are saying like, yeah, here's like a few episodes from 98. And then there's like, they only have from like 08 till now, all like all the years, whatever. You know, that's bullshit to me. If you weren't prepared to move over the library, I don't know why the fuck they don't, just re like you go to the Peacock app. There's a WWE button. You click the button. It takes you to the WWE network. You get to the WWE network and they just replace all the WWE logos with fucking Peacock logos. How fucking hard is that? Yeah, it's not. Or just keep the network. It was a good thing they had. I know. That's got to be the dumbest fucking thing that's happened in wrestling since the goddamn AOL Time Warner merger. But I digress. So we're actually not going to start with uh, WrestleMania 17. We're actually going to start on MTV Sunday Night Heat, where we saw Taz and Michael Cole basically play an hour-long video package hyping all of the matches for WrestleMania. We got a few promos. I know uh, Classy Freddie Blassie made an appearance, and that's one of my favorite people to hear talk because I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he was there throughout the Attitude Era doing the stuff for the pay-per-views, the the packages, like the opening shit. Yeah, I love Classy Freddie Blassie. Uh, His interactions with Eric Bischoff in 2002, or maybe three, I don't remember, was some of my favorite shit on Raw when he would show up. 
Uh, but on Sunday Night Heat, we did get one match. And I guess it was originally supposed to be X-Factor, who at the time was uh, Just Incredible and X-Pac versus Too Cool. But Scotty Too Hotty was out with an ankle injury. And the uh, replacement for this episode or well no they they were a real tag team uh was steve blackman of all people yeah it's so random they just throw steve blackman like anyone in a tag team it seems like remember head cheese yeah i didn't think of that but he had no fucking personality steve blackman was like if Steve Blackman was like, in a way, he was like arsenic. You could mix him in anything and nobody could taste him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know at the front of this match, uh, Steve Blackman was always a serious corn cob up his ass kind of character. <laughs> corn cob. <laughs> that's an interesting way of describing it. Well, he was. I mean,. He was too cool for school. No pun intended. (laughs) But they open up Sunday Night Heat, or they didn't open. After several video packages and everything, we finally get a Sunday Night Heat match. And Steve Blackman and Grandmaster Sexy come out first. And uh, Brian Christopher, or Brian Lawler, for those of you in Memphis, um, if if you... if you see it, Brian gets in the ring and he and he puts the shades on Blackman and he does the cool cool pose, like getting ready to dance. And Blackman takes off the shades like he doesn't want no part of it. <laughs> and they tease it for a minute, like he puts them back on. He try so finally Blackman agrees to do it. They they strike the pose. They do the crappy white guy dance. Um, to uh, by then it was a. Uh, Banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. Not the old school, uh, looking fly today. Like, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Back when the too cool music was good. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it was the annoying Scotty Too Hottie theme, as I would later, uh, turn it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, either way, their opponents for the night were the X Factor, just incredible and X Pac being accompanied by Albert. Oh, X Factor. That fucking theme song. Hey, yo, you do them with the X Factor, and then we start playing some smooth ass. <laughs> it's fucking Uncle Cracker. What the fuck is this? <laughs> they like clearly dubbed over at a point. You don't that music in no way gets you hyped. It's like Carmela's music. How like it in no way raises the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know? But anyway, X Factor uh, would go over in this match in two minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, Just Incredible coming in from EC Dub. Yeah, there's a few guys here that came in like right, basically right from the end of EC Dub. I mean, we got Paul Heyman. <laughs> On commentary. Oh, yeah. And Paul Heyman and uh, good old J.R. Jim Ross. Of course, this is the time where uh, Jerry the King Lawler had left the company under protest because they released uh, Stacy the Cat. 
Yeah. Whatever her last fucking name was. Stacy Carter, I think. I don't fucking know. She had nice tits, and that was the only thing that got her over. Let's be real. That's like, the only thing I got her over, Lawler. Huh. Well, I mean, she. This is how you can tell a woman, a woman wrestler that has no talent. When the only thing that they can get over for is taking their tits out, because that literally, she's the only one I know of that publicly flashed the audience a couple of times. I mean, I know Jackie Gata did it, but they didn't put it on TV. That was like accidental, I think, the one time. What, when she jumped up on the ring apron and showed her tits to... Uh, oh, I'm thinking of something else now. Sorry, I was thinking of Jacqueline, whatever. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Jacqueline. Miss Jackie? No, Jackie was good. She was a worker in a time of Sable. Yeah. Whatever Ugh. the fuck you call Sable. That. Sable did one thing. That was the fucking little grind shit. Sable was a stripper. She was the first stripper... Like Sonny, Sonny was a whore in real life. Yeah, but, still is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. But um, at least she didn't get over that way. She got over on charisma. Mm-hmm. Sable couldn't cut a promo. All of her promos sounded like she was reading fucking cue cards. Oh, so bad. She had like the one line that was like pretty cool, but that was it. What about the men? These are for the men who want the woman who want to be me and the men who come to see me. And she was like the fucking stupid grind. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna power bomb my husband. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm gonna divorce him. <laughs> That's who got the raw end of that deal. Is poor Mark Marrow. He should have never came to WWE. Yeah, that's true. You shouldn't have brought your wife to the locker room. <laughs> I know, right? It, look, man, anybody that's been in this business long enough should already fucking know you don't bring your wife in the fucking locker room anyway. But when she looks like that, yeah, and she's willing to do that to get over it, then you definitely don't get powerbombed by the bitch when you're about to go into a fucking program with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because <laughs> now Stone Cold's watching backstage and goes, you want me to work a promo with a guy, or work a program with a guy that just got beat the fuck up by his damn wife? Hell no, son of a bitch. No! <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, bitch, man. What? <laughs> but for the Sunday Night Heat match, just incredible. I'm reading a... Uh, article right now that was posted on june 21st i'm sorry january 26 2001 (laughs) where they were announcing that just incredible had signed with the world wrestling federation yeah that would have been i think a couple weeks after like the last uh ecw shows because there's like a pay-per-view and then they had like two random like house shows and it was pretty much done after that because there's supposed to be a pay-per-view in march Free still, I think they even advertised it on like the paper the guilty as charged 2001. It's supposed to be, you know, bring back living dangerously in March of 01. That didn't go through. Then basically, when Paul Heyman showed up on WWF TV, it was like, oh, it's done. Yeah, y- you knew, and if you didn't know, yeah, y- yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just incredible. Hadn't been there very long. X Pac, is this before? I think this is about the time X-Pac was wearing out his welcome. I think so. This is what, around the X-Pac heat era? Yeah, when nobody cared. Nobody wanted to see him. That's how you know 
you're not over as a heel. There's a difference between being over as a heel and getting heel heat and getting changed to channel heat. Mm-hmm. Xbox was getting changed to channel heat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poor but guy, though. Whatever happened to Steve Blackman? Let's look that up. Dude, I think he's like a bail bondsman or something. He's like a bounty hunter. He is. He's a bail bondsman. Let's see. Let's go post WWF. I'm reading on Wikipedia, which, as you know, is the most accurate. Well, he's had a mixed martial arts career, and that, yeah, I guess he is a bail bondsman. Bail yeah. bondsman. Can you imagine though, like you know, you 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 skipped bail or some shit, and now there's a bounty hunter coming looking for you. And Steve fucking Blackman comes with the fucking sticks, like fuck you, motherfucking Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman, lethal weapon. My God. My God. But anyway, Albert Albert still works for the company. He took a bit of a. Yeah, and uh, the Performance Center, he took a little bit of a sabbatical, if you will. Uh, he was released in, I think, 2002, 2003. Uh, he was released about the time Rikishi was released. He'd go on to New Japan to have a really good career there, though. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, um, I think he was like a multi-time like tag champ there. I think he even like won a New Japan Cup. Which is maybe crazy. yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I remember he faced like he faced like Tanahashi and those guys too for the title. Like he was definitely like one of their big like gaijin, uh, sort of like foreign yeah. talent this time. When he got over to New Japan, he didn't miss a beat. Hell no, man. He was good shit. Him and uh, Carl Anderson were a tag team. I remember. Oh man, what a fucking weird <laughs> pairing there. Bad intentions. Then Carl Carl Anderson. Does Carl Anderson just always have to have a big bald dude next to him? Probably. I mean, he is a bald dude himself, so it's just like, you know, match the domes. Yeah, but he's like, what? Five foot tall. <laughs> like 120 pounds soaking wet. And... Well, he, he's, he's fit, man. He's not like, he's yeah. short, yes, but. <laughs> I'm fucking around. I, I really like uh, his work, to be honest with you, his body of work. But I think it's funny f- for him to replace Lord Tensai with, uh, what was his name? With fucking Gallows. Yeah, what was his name in New Japan? Didn't it start with a G? No, it was, it was just Doc Gallows, I think. No, 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 Albert. Oh, it was Giant Bernard. Giant Bernard. Yeah, Giant I Bernard, yeah, was, G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, now he's doing real good. His Lord Tensai, he tried to bring that to Raw in 2010, 2011. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with this Lord Tensai debut yeah, on was... Raw, but as soon as he took off the mask, everybody started chanting Albert and shave your back and shave your I mean, what did they think was going to happen? Fucking like, wrestling fans just amuse me sometimes. <laughs> Shake their back. <laughs> well, it's because it's it's in, in the 2002 when he had that feud with Fanaki, uh, you know, Fanaki told him to shave his back, and then it got everybody chanting, Shave your back, shave your back. <laughs> oh, man. But if this match, probably the saddest one is, of course, Brian Christopher 
who we tragically lost back in 2018 uh, after he was murdered by the Memphis Police Department in his jail cell, and they covered it up to make it look like a suicide. And they're still pretending that that was a fucking suicide to this day. But we all fucking know better, and that kind of bullshit wouldn't get a, wouldn't fly in a real fucking state. Uh, I will say that I worked with Brian. Oh God, too many times to count. I was in Mississippi, which is technically part of that Memphis area territory back in the day. And, uh, I did work with Brian many, many, many occasions. He was a lot of guys tell it differently. Now that he's passed away, they all want to act like they were like his best friend and shit. I can tell you who was and who wasn't. I'm not going to go start calling people out right now, but, uh, when he was in the back, nobody liked him. When I first came in and, uh, I found out cause see, he had a deal with us in Boonville where if he showed up, he could work the show. Right. So sometimes he would get booked and we would put him in storylines and stuff. But most of the time when he showed up, he was a surprise. Like you'd see, you know, we're just getting ready for the third or fourth match on the card. Here's one of the local guys you see every week. And all of a sudden, you hear the two cool looking fly today. Start playing. <laughs> and here comes Grandmaster Sexy. And you wasn't expecting that. And it was, you know, we'd get him a good pop. And uh, what I liked about him was he he never was shy to express his opinion on another wrestler's body of work. Uh I know uh, he'd always come with a boy that we had named Bam Bam Bundy. And uh, boy, he was a grown-ass man. But he, uh, I know him, He Lawler and him was very close. He's one of the ones that's telling the truth. Him and Lawler were very close. And um, we'd sit in the back, we'd get dressed and everything. And especially like when we weren't in Boonville, we were at just random garbage indie shows that he'd gotten booked to headline. We'd be sitting back there and be like, how the fuck are you here? And I don't know, because they're paying me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd be sitting in the back looking at all these guys that are wrestling in jeans and cowboy boots going, what the fuck is this roster? Look at, and then some guy walked by, and then there's this asshole. Like, we'd just sit there shit talk people, especially if it was at a show where we didn't know anybody. If it was at a show where we knew a lot of people, we'd be hanging out with them and talking to them and stuff. The show we didn't know nobody. It was usually a garbage show where we weren't a hundred percent sure we were gonna get paid any fucking way. And everybody's wrestling in jeans and boots. So it just looks like a bunch of hillbilly scuffling in a ring that's <laughs> apart. But I had a good time working with Lawler. I really I always liked him. Uh he did have a smart ass attitude and he did shit talk a lot, but uh, if you could hang with him and shit talk him back, like, <laughs> I mean, I never had a problem with him. I think he said something smart ass to me one time and I replied with a smart ass comment. I don't even remember what it was, but then that night, I do remember that night 
we hung out the whole time. <laughs> like he was, he was always fun to talk to. He's a smart ass. He was a smart ass, but man, he was funny. And it's sad that he was taken from us the way he was taken from us. And that ultimately it seems that even though I believe he was murdered by the Memphis police department, uh, his demons would ultimately get the best of him through no fault of his own. He'd gotten better, a little better. I mean, by then he still had trouble with the law, but I mean, who don't sometimes, right? You've had yeah. your runnings. Caputo's always getting arrested. Those Mounties show up on horses at Caputo's house all the time. <laughs> all he has to hear is a horse galloping, and then this fucker will duck down and hide under the bed. We'll have to call the podcast. Because they don't have cops in Canada. They have Mounties. <laughs> and so you know how like in America when the cops are coming you hear <laughs> and uh, in Canada you'll hear the the, the, the hoofs <laughs> you'll hear the, the the horse galloping with the mountie sitting on it literally with his mouth going That's something I learned about Canada from hanging out with Chris here. I never knew. I thought, you know, they had cops in Canada. But yeah, Chris told me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to believe, that, that's fine by you, you know. <laughs> Guns and Radio, where we give you a educational experience of the cultures in the world. Damn it. It's it's spilling over here into wrestling, so <laughs> Oh yeah. I forgot what we was doing there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of wrestling, uh should we just let's get into the main card here of Mania X seven or seventeen or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, we'll get into the main card because our opening contest up next <laughs> Chris Jericho defeats William Regal to retain the Intercontinental Championship. William Regal was the commissioner of the WWF at this time. And at his inauguration, Jericho interrupted the festivities to get him back. Regal put Jericho in a series of handicap matches um, to which uh, Jericho retaliated by dressing up like Doink the Clown, kicking Regal's ass, (laughs) (laughs) pissing in his tea. Oh, this was the, yeah. Funny story about the thing. I don't know if you ever heard this, but like when Jericho did the whole Doink the Clown thing, that was like the, like one of the, on one of the go home shows. I think Shawn Michaels was at, I think it was the go home for Raw, I believe. This, this, that one happened. And he was like, he was like high as fuck on some shit. He was like on some shit. And he's basically like talking to Chris Jericho, like, oh man, they repackaged you as Doink. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk was like, no, nah, no, nah, this is just for like the thing with my feet. <laughs> oh, man, don't give me that shit. It's like, wow, they would do that to you. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels was probably supposed to be at this WrestleMania. And then like he was there at the Raw, and he was like high off his tits. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, it's good that it took him as long as it did to come back because he got to get his shit together before he got thrown back into that chaotic schedule that they have. And I think it probably 
that hiatus he took, what was it five years? Well, roughly four, four and a bit, I think. Yeah. Four and some change. That little four and a half year or whatever hiatus he took, that I think really added to his career. Because I think if he'd come back in 2001 when this was going on, I mean, I know he came back later in 2002 as part of the NWO angle. But I think I think he needed that extra year. And I think mm-hmm. that extra year got then applied to the end of his career. And I thought when he came back, he was better than ever. I like post, uh, I like post fucking hiatus Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, dude. Like he literally became like Mr. WrestleMania in that, that thing. Like just yeah. the matches, like you can literally name like so many matches, like in that era from 02 to 2010, like two Undertaker matches, uh, Kurt Angle at 21, Jericho at 19. Yeah. The one even one with the one with Vince at twenty two was pretty good. Don't forget Saudi Arabia with the brothers of Oh God. Sean Sean. <laughs> uh, I, I try to not remember that as, you know, the motherfucker took a payday because we're probably like, oh, the, the Saudis wanted Bret Hart, but Bret Hart is like, fuck that. <laughs> Let's get his yeah. opponents. They're still stuck at ninety three, apparently. Bret's not going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bret has better things to do, like shit on everyone. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, this match lasted seven minutes and eight seconds. Dave Meltzer gave this a rating of two, which I think is bullshit. He does like we do the five-star yeah. system. For yeah. those of you that don't know, I think anybody listening to a wrestling podcast knows how it works, but uh, I think that's bullshit. I thought this was at least a three or a four. Yeah, I put this as a three-star for myself. Um, it was pretty good. It was a good like hot start to the match. Um, there was like a, a Jericho crossbody that like he basically fucking flew right over Regal's head like in the oh, first yeah. minute of the match. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> um, there was some really cool stuff here. Like they told like a bit of a story too. Like Regal was working that arm and like the shoulder mm-hmm. as well, because that's going to lead into you know his submission move there. Um, yeah. There was a pretty sick double underhook superplex. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean bro. that was some good shit, bro. Uh, the only problem I think with this is like the finish just like came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I can see that, but I come on, a fucking two. Fuck you, Dave. It's still, I'd say it's a decent opener. If maybe if, even if you give him like two more minutes to have, give him more of a lead into the finish, something, you know, but it's still pretty good. It's not terrible. Yeah. Well, match number two on the main card here was a six-man tag team match mm-hmm. where we saw right to censor Godfather... Uh-huh. Val Venus and Bull Buchanan would be the ones actually wrestling with Stevie Richards on the outside. They came out, and I forgot how much I hate their entrance. I used to mute the TV. <laughs> yeah, and when I was watching this this weekend uh, to prepare for this show, and they came out, warning, warning, and shit like that. It was late at night. My girlfriend was asleep. I had sat down, turned on WrestleMania, fucked up, and left the remote. Uh, on the other side of the ca- of the living room. So now I'm I'm laying down on the couch, not laying down, but I'm sitting in the recliner, and I've got a blanket over my lap. The cat's asleep in my lap. Now he's raised his little head up. He's looked over at the TV, looked back at me with a pissed off look on his face. Like, are you gonna do something about this? 
And so I ended up pulling up my phone and getting an app to a TV remote app on my phone to to mute the TV so I didn't have to listen to this bullshit. Yeah. Kids, if you want heel heat, just use the RTC theme. <laughs> Come up to know, that. People right? instantly hate you. Use that as your cell phone ringtone. Warning. Emergency alert. Yeah. Yeah. But this was just like it was a match that was there. It wasn't terrible. Um Well the APA yeah. uh is Ron Simmons in the Hall of Fame yet? I believe he is, yeah. I He's in the he... football hall of fame. I double double check that. I'm pretty sure Ron Simmons is in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure. Well if he ain't he fucking needs to be. First African American world heavyweight champion ever. Ever, yeah, dude. Absolutely. The Rock typically gets that accolade, but that's bullshit. It was Ron Simmons for Rook. Yeah, Hall of Fame class of 2012. Okay, good. So as of now, because of the last Hall of Fame, both members of the APA are in the Hall of Fame. The Godfather is in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Bill Buchanan. No. Stevie Richards might be one day. Taz might be one day. Taz definitely deserves to go in the Hall of Fame, man. Taz ruled. I mean, I put, like, in my notes here, I'm like, I'd rather prefer singlet Taz than, like, the stupid, like, track pants and the biker shirt. Because it just I, made him look fucking short. I know. Why did He's they like, do that? <laughs> I'll never understood why they wanted one. Man, they clowned on Taz back in the day like they clown on Miz today. Yeah, bro. Like, literally, Taz started hot. Like, oh, look, you break, you beat Krangle's undefeated streak. Yeah, it's a short undefeated streak, but that was still huge. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all this shit happened. Then the whole thing with, you know, Mike Awesome and ECW. And then, yeah. like, he literally got freaking dropped out to Triple H as ECW champion. On SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, dude, this 2000 was good. It was good in some parts, man, others. I don't know. Then, yeah. like, just neck problems and shit. I think Taz, where he is now with AEW, I think uh, is where he are to stay. I don't like him as a commentator. I I don't enjoy Taz's commentary work, but as a heel manager Perfect. of a stable, awesome, amazing. Mm-hmm. If I can't have Taz in the ring like I had him in ECW, I'll take him this way. Yeah. This match Definitely. lasted about four minutes, three minutes and 52 seconds. And Dave Meltzer gave this one a half a star. Oh, well, I was generous. I I said it's two stars. It served its purpose. It's like, you know, sort of like a a, just a second match filler. I guess it works. It gets some people on the card. It wasn't terrible. It was a a fucking palate cleanser. It was a short palate cleanser. There was a couple botches, but still. Yeah. Uh, but like, it was a good little palate cleanser because they didn't want to immediately go from Jericho and Regal to our next match. Kane, uh, when Kane defeated the big show and Raven for the hardcore title. Now that match, uh, Dave gives that one a 1.75. I say bullshit. That was a fucking, at least four star match. In my opinion, one of the better hardcore matches in WWF. Yeah. I'd say it's one of the more like iconic ones. For sure. Just because, like, dude, everything in there. I even um, even go to my notes here. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like, they're just throwing each other through walls. And windows. Uh, yeah, windows, shit. There's the whole story about how Raven almost took out the pay-per-view feed with the golf cart. Yeah. 
The box Now I see that every time I watch this match back because this ain't the first time I've went back and watched this pay per view. If I'm just wanting something on for the sake of having something on, and I'm just wanting to watch wrestling, one of the ones I often default to is WrestleMania 17. And that match, every time I see that golf cart go by that that one cable that I now know is the main cable to the feed that they almost knocked out. I kind of cringe a little bit. <laughs> so close to being a disaster. It could have been fucking like that one in your house where the power went out and they were wrestling in the dark. <laughs> oh, no, the power of the whole fucking <clears throat> went out. They yeah. had to tape it again at a house show two days later. No, they did it on Raw, I think, the next day. All the matches. Oh, was it on Raw? I thought it was at a house show. No, it was yeah, the next day at Raw after that in your house pay-per-view. But yeah, man, like this is a fucking fun hardcore match. Like just like I was like Raven's shopping cart had the most ridiculous shit, and even yeah. used half of it. There yeah, was it had like, like a stein in there. Yeah, I saw. I think I saw like a tree branch. I don't know if it was maybe an actual plant. Uh, there's a literal kitchen sink. I'm like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Did Raven get the belt back that night? What's that? Did Raven get the belt back that night? No, they just had this one match, and that was it. I guess they just said screw the 24-7 rule for the night. Well, that's good, because uh, Kane would win it. Kane, of course, got inducted in the Hall of Fame this weekend. Raven Raven and Big Show will go in eventually, I believe. I believe Raven deserves it. Yeah, well, even though I think with his issues with the, with the Fed, I don't know. Well, I mean, goddammit, it didn't stop Jeff Jarrett. That's true. It's true. Anything's possible. Raven definitely does. But then again, I think they basically just made the 24-7 title just so they can say there's someone else other than Raven has won like the more multi-time champion whatever thing. Yeah, because they want it to be somebody that's with the company now more rel- more recent than... Uh, that's why CM Punk got fucked on his longest title reign in so many years because Brock Lesnar came in, won it, kept it for like three years, defended it three times. Yeah. And all that bullshit. You only defend it for an extra five grand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the history of the belt because I didn't watch the following Raw, but I'm sure it changed hands again immediately. Because mm-hmm. I believe either Raven or Jeff Hardy was the champion when um by the time we get to Invasion, because then Rob Van Dam won it, and he had a nice reign as the hardcore champion. I yeah, did. Like Undertaker had it, I think, at this point, too, later on in 01, I think. I think that was 02. Oh, was it? 02. Yeah, I think that was early 02. I think Undertaker beats Rob Van Dam for it, and then he has a long reign with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good match, though. I gave it three and a quarter. Yeah, I give it at least. Yeah, I'm about with you. I give it at least four, though, because I really... I don't like garbage wrestling, but mm. I like this match. Uh, today, in this, if this happened today, this would be one of those cinematic matches. Yeah, you could... There's definitely a way to do a cinematic, but you can still pull this stuff off today. Like, you can do a nice little false Kenyor thing, you know? Yeah. But stuff. Definitely. It's definitely possible. Well, up next... We've got Eddie Guerrero defeated. Uh, I'm sorry. Eddie Guerrero was accompanied by Perry Saturn, who was wearing the weirdest fucking 90s pimp 
feather hat. Yeah, dude. I literally put in my notes. I said, "Fuck, like, dude. Perry Saturn rocks a better Fu Manchu than Hulk Hogan, and he's rocking the friggin' Jamiroquai hat with a Lugs T-shirt. <laughs> Two thousand one drip at its finest, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> Bro, this guy's a walking sponsorship for fucking WWF. I was like, where's the slam of the week here? <laughs> you got one of the greatest wrestlers in the world at that time. Yeah. And he's coming on a WrestleMania with a dead chicken on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he just came out of a fucking Austin Powers scene. He's not even hat. fucking booked. <laughs> he's acting as a manager for Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero would defeat Test for the European Championship uh, when Dean Malenko interfered and helped out. Of course, they were all together as part of the Radicals or the Revolution, depending on which channel you watched on Monday. Yeah. I was going to say, Perry Saturn's hat was so ridiculous. JR just had to even mention it, which is just like hilarious for me because he's a hat wearing. What'd he say? Because I don't remember that. Oh, fuck, I remember. I, I just put in my notes there. I said, like, it was so fucking ridiculous. Like, JR <laughs> mentions it. <laughs> uh, even, like, some signs there. Um, there's a couple of funny signs. Like, I look, you go back in these days, look at the signs. There's one that says, 37th Guerrero family member. Oh. Or, Eddie mows my lawn brackets with grass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the I think one of the biggest tragedies in this is this is post- this is Test working in WWE after he'd been cuckled by Triple H. Yeah, oh, and and he never he never recovered from that storyline. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta really blame Vince Russo for that one because like Vince Russo, I don't know why. Like apparently the whole story was like he like saw something in Test. Test I don't think was ready for the main roster yet for like that big stage or whatever. Like he was still in developmental, but Vince Russo was like, oh no, I gotta have him, gotta have him, bro, bro, bro. Put him yeah, bro, champion, bro. Test, I'm telling bro. you, the ratings through the roof, bro. We're gonna give him a. We're gonna run a test to see if this new kid's any good. What's his name? I don't know. So we'll just call him Test for now. Yeah. And then they never change it. I don't understand the name yeah. Test. See, they put him in that angle, and like Russo left for WCW, and then they're like, "Fuck, we gotta figure out how to get out of this." So they just like yeah. Triple H. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Triple H in here to cuckle him. On his wedding day. <laughs> and then she like, she'll like it and she'll go back and stay with Triple H. Yeah. But, uh, of course, Eddie Guerrero, one of the great tragedies in wrestling. And, you know, I don't think Eddie's story is near as sad as Saturn's. Because he got hurt after he stopped a rape from happening. I remember, yeah. And then he was, like, a, like addicted to drugs or some shit after that his life spiraled out of control i know at one point he was begging for money on facebook because he was Dude. about to be homeless yeah he was like missing for years sad story bad yeah it sure is and it's sad because both of these guys these match have passed on unfortunately yeah the only one everybody in this match is saturn still alive saturn's still alive at least to my knowledge What's going on with Perry Saturn? Let's look him up. I'm going to Google him real quick and see what's going on with him. Perry Saturn. Let's see what Wikipedia says, because I'm not willing to do a whole lot of work, because we still got a whole... We ain't even really halfway through this card yet. So it says uh, in 2016, he revealed that he was dealing with a traumatic brain injury 
that limited his abilities. Uh, and he filed a class action lawsuit, or he joined a class action lawsuit. <clears throat> Raven, uh, I think, was a part of, and a bunch of other people. Like Demolition, I think, was a part of that lawsuit yeah. as well. For the uh, concussion, <clears throat> concussion thing. Even though I would argue he took worse hits in ECW than he ever did in WWF. Yes, yeah. In 2004, he was in an altercation with two men when he came to the aid of a woman that they were in the process of raping. He fought the man and was shot with a handgun in the back of the neck uh, and, the, and, and in his right shoulder. Uh, let's see. He thought that he'd just received a punch as a result. And, uh, anyway, he would later on become addicted to methamphetamine and he was homeless for two and a half years. He, uh, according to Wikipedia, it says he disappeared, disappeared from public view for several years, uh, with his family and friends unaware of his whereabouts and he reemerged in 2010 having resolved his addiction. And then in 2011, he uh, returned to wrestling uh, at AWE, not AEW, but AWE Night mm. of Legends pay-per-view in Fisherville, Virginia, when he fought C.W. Anderson. He won the match, and uh, it was his first championship in over a decade uh, at 3XW. I didn't, I've never seen this one. Yeah. In so he basically was working indies and stuff again. Yeah, and uh, he would, of course, he'd work shit with Luke Hawks, it says, and Stevie Richards as well. So mm -hmm. it looks like he's made a happy comeback. He's been able to recover from it. So mm -hmm. He's still alive. <laughs> that's good. Power to him, man. He was such a good worker, and that's the first I've really looked into his story in a really long time, but I know whenever all that shit was going on while he was addicted to meth and when he was homeless, it was just a sad story, but Saturn is Saturn and Malenko are the only ones still left. Is Malenko still a, a road agent in WWE or uh... no? He's in, he works for AEW now. Yeah, and Malenko's been through a lot too, man. I was listening. Um, yeah, he was on Jericho's podcast a couple weeks ago, and he's basically was like he's been suffering from like Parkinson's for the last six years. Oh man, that's rough. It's crazy because he had that, and there was like a, he had like a heart attack or some shit, and like. I think it's like diabetes as well. I'm like, dude, this guy just keeps getting shit on. Yeah. I always liked Dean Malenko. I mean, he didn't exactly have the most charisma of any wrestler I'd ever seen. He was talented as fuck, though. Like, but you know, when that ring was, you know, it's like they talk about on the Bruce Pritchard show, there'd be a guy that have the look, that have the talk. He would be, he would look like a million dollars. He would talk like a billion. And then the bell rang. Mm. Well, for Dean Malenko, I feel like it's exactly the opposite. I, he yeah. had a great look. Uh, he had an amazing in-ring talent, but then somebody had handed him a microphone. And whoops, I think they figured out eventually, don't give Dean a microphone. And it's okay. They should have just given him a manager. Been done. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, get it, put a hot girl next to him, let her do all of his talking. Especially one of those good hot girl managers like uh, uh, Sherry. Just give him, him Deborah McMichael, that's all right. No, nah, fuck that. Give him Sensational Sherry. Oh, he brought her back. That would have been interesting. Wouldn't that have been a, an amazing... 
run. I'd have watched that. Up next, Kurt Angle wrestled himself. <laughs> well, before we get WWE, that, I, uh, I was going to say, we got to give our ratings for the, the, the European title match. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I personally thought this one was probably, I, I kind of agree. I was going to say about a three, but uh, Dave Melser thinks it's 2.25. So I guess we don't, we're not off by too much. Yeah. I gave it a three. I enjoyed it. There was some good stuff in there. Um, the commentary was pretty good on this one. I like how Paul Heyman was like Saturn with the, the moss covered three handle. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. It was a good match, man. It was a it was pretty good for what it was. You know, I can't complain. I gave it three stars. Yeah. This next so one I- was fucking match the night contender. Up next, Kurt Angle bumped around in a ring by himself for 14 minutes and four seconds, according to WWE. Kurt Angle wrestled, if you read the results in WWE's mm. eyes. Um, he wrestled redacted? Yeah. I like the thought of just Kurt Angle getting in a ring and bumping. Oh my god, it's like watching the like Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan GCW match. <laughs> Remember when they tried to ride out Hulk Hogan there for that year and a half and everybody started making the memes of Andre the Giant getting body slammed and they'd Photoshop Hogan out? And be like, remember that time Andre body slammed himself at WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean, if you hadn't figured it out, we're talking about Chris Benoit. Kurt Angle would defeat Chris Benoit in 14 minutes and four seconds. Before that, though, we saw a backstage segment mm-hmm. where he's watching a tape of him tapping out on Raw to Chris Benoit when Edge and Christian come in the ring, come in the room, and he's, like, convincing himself more than he is them that he didn't tap. Yeah, like, I called this one the officially promo because he used that word, like, 17 times in a row. Yeah. I didn't officially tap. I didn't officially see it. It's like, yeah. we get it. That's the whole point. It's like... The ref has to see this man fucking tap. That's the whole like sort of premise of this like story. I forget the finish. Was it clean? Um, no, no. I'm trying to remember. So like, I think Benoit had a pin attempt, and then uh, Angle sort of reversed the pin attempt. He used the roll up using the tights, and then boom, that was it. Okay. But man, this was a freaking a good match. Um, uh, before the match, to get the pre-angle promo, pre-match angle promo. Where he's like, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of Texas. And he's, this is their flag, whatever. It's like, you're missing a bunch of stars. <laughs> you're missing 49 other stars. And then he's like, yo, lose the cowboy hats, guys. Come on. <laughs> and then everyone's like, boo. Meanwhile, later, like, oh, damn it. <laughs> later that very year, Kurt Angle would have one of his most infamous moments in WWE when Stone Cold bought him a cowboy hat. Yippee ki yay, guys. <laughs> I feel like a real cowboy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've been freaking the dude literally like minutes into the match when they're doing like all the, the shoot takedown wrestling things. Paul Heyman was as excited as a man can get with his clothes on. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh god, Paul Paul on commentary was Holy, just... this is an ECW man. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I loved Paul as as, as comes. I don't think it lasted long enough. And I'm sad that they never brought him back on the commentary table for anything after his run with JR was up and they brought back the King. Uh, I was glad the King was back, but man, they could have moved him to SmackDown or something. They could have put him with Michael Cole on SmackDown. Oh yeah. I would have loved Paul even ripping on Cole every week. I'm down. (laughs) 
Michael Cole, you are a real yeah, uh, this one I thought was five-star worthy. Dave Melser disagrees and gives it 4.25. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I just went straight four. I'm like, it's really good. It's, it's very technical. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. There's a really good story, you know, with um, with uh, you know Benoit trying to get in that cross face, but Angle's always going to the ropes, or it's basically really getting reversed somehow. Um, and then the whole, well, I wasn't crazy about the whole ref bump thing, whatever, but it is what yeah. it is. Um, but yeah, then they're like, oh, ankle lost, ankle lock. No, Chris Benoit rules through, gets his own ankle lock. And it's, yeah, it's really technical. It's very hard hitting. This is one of the best matches of the night, I'd say, by a long shot. Well, up next, uh, well, before we go on, of course, Kurt Angle is now a WWE Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of talk about where he went. He'd go on to mm-hmm. TNA a couple of years after this, but he had a damn good, this was, this was the middle, I would say, of his WWE run. Yeah, uh, was not over by a long shot, and I'm sure we'll talk about Kurt Angle a whole lot more on this podcast in the future. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Up next is probably the match of the night. Uh, China defeated Ivory in two minutes and thirty nine seconds to capture the WWE Women's Title. Dave Meltzer gave this five stars. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. This was a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what was with this match. Like, I like the hype, like the hype package before was cool. I always like pop for the China entrance with the fucking cannon. Yeah, I always like that. China, by this point, she'd lost a lot of muscle mass. Yeah, Maybe they were tracking like down yeah. on the roids. Yeah, I think she had like a neck injury. They're like going this thing with like the neck, whatever. Oh, you know, it's all gonna cut her in the neck and all this shit. I forgot that there was a period of her career where she was an attractive woman. It didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... she was out of the company by the end of '01, unfortunately. Because I mean, like, sure. it's just weird though. You're putting her in the women's division, but like, you've already like three years ago basically said that she could beat dudes. Yeah, she was, she was out of the company by what Judgment Day? Yeah, literally like months after she like just like basically left and later. vacated the title. Yeah, um, that was uh, that was an unfortunate. Wait for that whole thing to go down, but I mean, uh, the title would stay vacated till Survivor Series, and I think Jazz was the next one that won it, if I'm not mistaken, or was it Trish Stratus? I I thought it was Lita, maybe. Oh no, she defended it again. No, no, it was Trish or Jazz, one of the two. Yeah, we'll figure that out when it comes time to talk about that particular pay per view. Uh, Somebody's at my door. Hang on a second. Come to the window. Never mind. Sorry, we got somebody at the door, and they rung the doorbell twice, and my window's right by the door, so I was just like, hey, come here and talk to me. <laughs> but then my girlfriend answered, so it's all good. <laughs> I can't leave when we're doing these podcasts, man. We can't have that gap, because then I'll have to edit it. So Yeah, that's always a pain. But yeah, this is this match was just there. I don't know. It was like really short for some reason. It's just like China basically squashes ivory. What, because, it, like, RTC is in there? Oh, no, it's getting squashed. Yeah, and Ivory was... Both of these women could hang today. I, Ivory I could say hang so. today. Ivory's a Hall of... They're both Hall of Famers. Yeah, this is true. Is China in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think she went in... No, she went in as a part of DX, I think. Okay. But, well, no, she can't go in by herself because, oh, no, they're going to Google search. You know, oh, no, there's just some, yeah. some porno. No, who cares? 
Well, so did I mean what is what's gonna happen when they Google Trish Stratus? Find out like she did it before she came to WWE. Let's be I was real. Say half your woman's roster there was on Playboy. Showing their I mean, well, not whole, half, but a fair amount. With the whole uh, fappening that happened, yeah, a few years ago, you ain't really nobody we ain't seen naked. Yeah. I mean, we got Dick Pick Rollins, and he's gonna go in the Hall of Fame. On our old wrestling podcast, we would refer to the Shield as uh, Roid Rage Reigns, Dick Pick Rollins, and Duckface Dean. <laughs> so, it's funny. <laughs> Again, I feel like this was a palate cleanser to get to the next match. Yeah. So they didn't just completely exhaust the crowd. Yeah. It was okay. I liked, you know, China's offense pretty cool. So I, I ended up just giving this a star and a half. Uh, it got a zero for me. I, I really didn't give a fuck. Dave Melcher was a little. I'm always a little nicer than him. He gave it negative one. I don't think it's that bad. It's like one. I, mean, I was a little nicer. Let's give it one and a half, you know? Yeah. It was but, getting uh, good, and then it just stopped. I don't know. I can see that kind of. Up next, we make professional wrestling history, folks. When the For the first time ever, mm. the chairman of WCW... Goes head to head with the chairman of the World Wrestling Federation in a street fight. He didn't show up to wrestle Eric Bischoff, which we're going to talk about sooner than you think. Yeah, but he would Vince would show up for this fight because, <laughs> and he would get his ass kicked. Shane McMahon would defeat Vince McMahon in 14 minutes and 12 seconds. In a street fight. Let's talk about how we got here in an angle that still sort of confuses me to this day. And it's kind of fucked up in a way. So, I want a divorce. (laughs) That's how it started. Divorce realized he'd have to split everything with Linda, so he puts her on these medications and stuff, and then begins having an affair with Trish Stratus. They're and making her uh, look like a dog and doing weird. Yeah, I don't get that. Shaky, like some shit, I don't know. Like, they covered her, they dumped shit on her, or mop juice, whatever, on her one night on Raw, and they treated her like shit. <clears throat> but she was supposed to be on their side. Like, how does that work? I didn't understand that. Yeah. And <clears throat> Trish would take it in stride, though, and she would get her revenge tonight. Because she Trish would turn on Stephanie McMahon on the outside, first of all, they would brawl for a little bit. And then when Stephanie was gone and Trish was out of sight, uh, the pop of the night, uh, we're getting ready for one of the biggest pops in the whole show. Uh, Vince took heavily medicated Linda McMahon. He sat her in a chair in the middle of the ring, started beating Shane with a trash can. Linda McMahon stands up. And when Linda stood up, man, that crowd blew the roof off the Astrid. (laughs) You would have thought Hulk Hogan walked out in 1989 as a surprise goddamn something. Yeah. (laughs) Because when that happened, I thought this was actually a really good match before all that happened. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like more story than match, really, because it was like a period of time. It was 
gets like obliterated through the friggin' Spanish announce table. He's like down for like at least a good five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly story, but I mean some of the best wrestling matches in history have been all story. That's true. It is it was more it's more like story soap opera. I'm like this is basically wrestling at its finest when it's like very like insane like soap opera esque and it just yeah. works so well. Uh Dave Melser gave this one a three I give it a five. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you, Dave. Because this is one of the, this is one of the ones that I remember and will always remember when it comes to to wrestling was Vince versus Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even before the match, I don't know if we saw it, but they had the the WCW wrestlers in the skybox. Oh yeah, because Sean Stasiak fucked up and yeah, said Sean Snitchiak over there said on the radio, gay like a you literally give it away. But this is the same guy who like allegedly recorded people's conversations in the locker room. So I don't know what's up with this guy. Look, meat, you're fucking up. Yeah, Planet <laughs> Stasiak. Oh yeah. No, he will always be meat. meat. Will, uh... <laughs> yeah. There was a handful of them in the skybox there too. I was gonna say there you got fucking Chauvin. humorous. Uh, Stacy Keebler. Uh, Jindrak uh, was there. Yeah, it Saw looked them. like. It looked like they had, they had the. Uh, it looked like they just went to the worst episode of Thunder, and brought everybody over. <laughs> yeah, it was like Mike Sanders was there randomly. At uh, first, I thought it was Terry Taylor. Then someone said it was Johnny Ace, and when they were with them too, I was like, "What?" John Laurinaitis. Yeah, and fucking, I saw. Yeah, because they showed him like at different angles and stuff too, and like, it's like Mike Awesome. Like, oh, sweetie, Mike Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're all fired, but I guess a good consolation prize to getting a paycheck is getting to go to WrestleMania in Houston. Yeah, then, you know, 20 years later, I'm uh, out of total yep. relations again. No, I'm just looking at tits all day. I probably should have quit smoking years ago. Yeah, Vince, uh, I love, love uh, your pact so early. Uh. Yeah, he's <laughs> like the Bruce Pritchard suck-up character they've turned him into. Yeah, that was pretty cool with, like, with speaking of those WCW people, they had, like, the Nitro graphic, too. Like, yeah, that was fucking cool. I'm like, that. nice. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it really felt there for a while, like WCW was gonna come back. Yeah, because I think I remember the storyline was supposed to be like, you know, the divorce happens between Vince and Linda, but like, then the thing like Linda gets control of like Raw or whatever. Yeah, or she gives like, yeah, she has Raw, then she gives like the control to Shane, I guess, and he turns that into WCW, and then Vince has SmackDown. I would have done it on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Raw is your more like it has more history and lineage. If I was gonna that go... time SmackDown was there for like two years. You could easily mess around with that too. Um, yeah, the sign watch as well. There's a few. I saw a few good signs of the crowd. Um, family night four one o one. McMahon family values. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Shane equals genius. You know, um, speaking of signs in the crowd, I did see one sign while I was watching this. I actually uh, watched the ending of this, starting with the next match we're going to talk about. I watched these last four matches last night. And at some point last night, I noticed a sign in the crowd that said, WWF needs RVD. Oh, foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And there's another sign I saw too. Like it's gonna be more, I guess, 
in line with the next match, but it says, Lita, can I be your baby's daddy? I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> There's some <laughs> foreshadowing for you. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, um, oh, my God. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future episode. Uh, yeah, but to sum up Vince Shane, man, as JR said, it's dysfunctional mania. But it's pretty good dysfunction. I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, up next, we have probably the match everybody when you think of wrestlemania 17 you think about this match so yeah the highlights still on the loop oh always one of the greatest uh matches probably of all time was tlc2 uh edge and christian would defeat wwf tag team champions the dudley boys and the Hardy Boys in a triple threat TLC match. Edge and Christian were accompanied by Rhino in this match, who would get involved heavily. Uh, Dudley Boys had Spike Dudley, who would also get involved, and the Hardy Boys had Lita. I know uh, Lita, what'd she do to Spike? She she did something to Spike. Um, oh, dude, I think she... Uh, Twist dude. the fate. Yeah, and then she hits like a hurricane on Rhino. Oh, she's fucking decked Spike Dudley with a chair. And then like she literally got fucking gored, I think, after that. Yeah, but then she takes off her shirt for no fucking reason. Yeah, and then Jar he's so uncomfortable. Oh my, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh god, horny JR on main again. Oh my god. Kane, she pulled her titties out for no good reason. <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> What'd you say down and shut up? Put that away, King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was just like a car crash, fucking spot after spot after spot. A fact about this, too. This is two straight WrestleManias. The Dudleys walk in with the belts, and Edge and Christian leave with the belts. Yeah, that was a good... I thought that finish was great. Rhino helping Christian up the ladder. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it was really cool how they added it. their like third, third, the third person part of that, like their teams in there. Oh, yeah. And this is before TLC became bastardized. Yeah. With gimmicks government. But uh, today, Edge has made his comeback mm-hmm. to WWE. He was in this year's WrestleMania main event, something we thought we'd never see two years ago ever again. Before this, Rick Dunsford and myself were at WrestleMania 27. We went to see it there. And we were there for what was supposed to be Edge's last match. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he I'm glad he made a comeback, but he, he came back. Rhino, I don't know where Rhino is. I guess he's an impact. Yeah, he was. He came back. He, like, uh, whatever it was this, he left, went to impact. Um, then came back to, he did, like, the thing in NXT. Then he had, was, like, the first SmackDown tag champs with uh, Slater. Yeah. Doing that stuff. And then I think he just left, or they released him, like, in 2019, and now he's been with Impact ever since. Well, the Dudley boys are pretty much retired. Bubba Ray Dudley has a podcast. Devon, I think, works as a... He's a producer. Uh, producer stage, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bubba is on uh, SiriusXM, Busted Open and Radio. What is Spike doing these days? Spike? Oh, I think he was, like, a teacher or something. He, like, retired and became, like, a teacher or something, I think. I don't know. I know he was a teacher before. Google it real quick and see if we can get a quick answer. He looks more like Scotty Too Hotty these days than he did. 
Yeah, he basically uh, retired, I think, like five, six years ago, and now... Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway... He's a, th- he, uh, he's a third grade teacher. Oh, actually, sorry. He works as a financial transition specialist. Oh, okay. Well, that's neat. He's got a job. That's all that matters. Uh, Lita, she would go on... Uh, uh, later on, she would leave WWF and form a, a punk rock band called the Luchagors. Uh, Managed by Rick Dunsford. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, we'll give Rick another shout out. Of all the people on this card, the only one that's ever slept over at his house is Lita. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's a funny story for another podcast altogether. I'll let Rick tell that story when the time comes. Uh, <clears throat> Matt Hardy is currently in AEW. He's doing pretty good, man. I'm liking his like big money, the Hardy family office spiel, whatever. When he first came in, he was broken again, and then apparently the money at AEW fixed him pretty fucking quick. That didn't make no sense. Well, I think like the broken thing could only run so far without the fans. Yeah, They're, like, and it plus it probably overstates welcome after a while, and it's yeah. like you, you need a little heel turn because he. Dude, just like Chris Jericho, I mean, like, Matt has really reinvented himself a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Matt don't get enough credit. And I think yeah. it's because Matt is a solid wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very charismatic. But standing next to Jeff, Jeff, Jeff is, is just so like colorful and high-flying. Standing next to Jeff is the worst thing that happens to Matt. Yeah. Because then, until that whole broken thing came along. That was <laughs> that's my favorite. That's how I will always take Matt Hardy solo. I'll either want him in the Hardy Boys or I'll want his ass broken. That's one. <laughs> yeah, that's Get that's that that's... Or, uh, big money, Matt. I think I like too. Just I don't dick. really, I don't really watch, um, I don't really watch AEW all that much. So I haven't seen that much of Big Money Matt. Uh, he I'm did have the ROH, I think a bit, or is that like iconic Matt Hardy? I think. Well, when Matt and Jeff first came back to WWE, they pulled the biggest swerve uh, in fucking history. Yeah, for that mini weekend, they were in fucking two ladder matches, like three or something. Because the night before, yeah. they were at an ROH show. No, the very night before. Here's what happened. They were the TNA World Tag Team Champions. Hmm. While they were TNA World Tag Team Champions, it started getting the the rumor around that they might go to WWE and show up at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. That rumor started to come out a little bit. But then the motherfucking... um, the, 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 The way that they squashed all those rumors is, and I think WWE had a lot to do with this too, Mm -hmm. that um, the night before WrestleMania, they showed up at a a Ring of Honor show and won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. So they're the only people to hold the TNA, Ring of Honor, and WWE Tag Team Champions in a span of three days. Mm Mm-hmm. They de- they made their Ring of Honor debut and won the gold. Yeah, and I think then, it was a bit before the Mania thing. I, I thought it was, was the week before. No, I think it was. I don't think it was before. It was like a couple months before. I think they were doing some feud with the Young Bucks. I think at that time, because they won the titles from the Bucks. I think, and then the Bucks won the titles from them like the weekend before. And then Let's I think see. they still had a couple other indie dates after WrestleMania, but they couldn't wrestle. But they still showed up and did stuff. 
Okay, so you're right. It happened on March 4th, 2017 at the Hammerstein Ballroom. They beat the Young Bucks and uh, defended the ROH tag team title. Yeah, because I think the thing with that, like, there was a, the, they were trying to do, like, a TNA ROH sort of collaboration with, like, just for the story, whatever. They would have, like, you know, the Young Bucks come on to Impact and, like, they would, like, have the tag match there or do stuff like that. Well, I'm glad that they got cross promotion. I'm glad they got to work with the Bucks before they went back. Mm-hmm. Because uh I'm sure we'll talk about Hardy and Lita and all that other shit later. And uh later on in the a future episode of the podcast. But uh I'm really glad they got to have that moment before they came back to WWE. <clears throat> Up next is uh, another contender. Oh, by the way, ratings on that one. I give it five uh, out of five. Oh, yeah. Dave Melser almost agrees. He gives it a 4.75. Would have been a five if it had been in the Tokyo Dome. Um, <laughs> but since it happened at the Astrodome, uh, and that's not in Tokyo, it, it Wrong only dome, gets damn it. <laughs> yeah, 4.75. Yeah, it's definitely like a match in the contender. Like, this is like top. This is definitely one of the top three, like along with the Angle Benoit match. Yeah. Very good shit. Up next is another contender for match of the night. All of Chris Caputo's favorite wrestlers of all time make an appearance in this match. We get Sergeant Slaughter. We get Caputo's favorite, the Repo Man. Not a Repo Man guy. Dude, look at it. Look at these. Look at this list. We got so many battle. names here that Caputo has told me before his favorite wrestler. Kamala, One Man Gang, Kim no, Chi, no. Hillbilly Jim, Gobbledygooker. You know, Chris Caputo has a Gobbledygooker tattoo. I don't know if a lot of people know that or not. We ain't never really talked about it on the show. But uh, <laughs> Caputo's got a tattoo of the Gobbledygooker. He says that's the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, it is. No, no, here it is. This is Caputo's favorite wrestler of all time. And when I tell you who it is, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, duh, obviously. Oh, the goon. Say the goon, of course. <laughs> uh, <Canada>. <laughs> <laughs> his shoes instead of skates. <laughs> Tugboat was in this match. Do you know who what Tugboat's most famous for? Uh, it's a fucking thing. No, he was the shock master. Oh shit! That's oh my god, Cody Rhodes' uncle. Yeah, Uncle Fred. That was Uncle Fred. <laughs> I don't know why they should have brought him in. I would, I would respect this battle royal a lot more if Tugboat had came in as the Shockmaster. Oh, but it's, it's our like WWE gimmick. Comes stumbling through the uh, the curtain. Mm-hmm. Rolls down to the ring, grabs his mask, puts it on, jumps in the battle royal. That'd have been great. Uh, Nikolai. Now, there's a couple of other people that you may or may not have heard of, like Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. In oh, Sheiky baby, oh, slaughter. Iron Sheik, baby, break your back and make you a fucking humble. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan, you stupid pirate bitch. You fucking Dubroni piece of shit. Did you see that meme going around of where? Uh, Hulk Hogan, somebody posted a picture of Hulk Hogan in the pirate costume from WrestleMania. <laughs> and Iron Sheik commented and said, Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. You look like stupid pirate bitch. <laughs> oh, but uh, let's see. Let's for real. Let's for real. Let's go over the list. So Iron Sheik, of course, wins the gimmick battle royal because 
he couldn't clear the top rope, so they said there's no way he was leaving the fucking ring because like he, but a lot of these guys were like probably still could wrestle, but not as good. Like a lot of mobility is down. (laughs) Uh, Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch were in this. Uh, I never cared for the butch bushwhackers. Yeah, yeah. Were they like deathmatch wrestlers or something? I think at one point they did. I, I, I seem to remember something about that. They did like some real hardcore shit. I don't know. Uh, Duke the Dumpster Drosy, he did not look like the same person. Definitely not. I don't think. Yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't probably, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying anymore, but no, he definitely wasn't. I was watching this last night with a buddy of mine, and he didn't re- he didn't recognize Duke Drosy, and I had to pull up a picture of what he looked like in the early '90s to show him who he was, and he was like, "Oh, that guy." Yeah. yeah. I mean, like for people like for wrestling fans, like WWE fans who stuck around, I guess through like that mid '90s of like that gimmick era, it's like, "Oh, look, you're getting rewarded here." You know, it's yeah. a it's very much just like a nostalgia thing. It's like, here, let's pay tribute to like the dumb shit we used to do and like laugh at it and have fun with it. Yeah. You know? And it was it was decent. I mean. It's there. I, it's you're more there just to hear fucking Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan like rip each other on commentary. Yeah, B- Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan did commentary oh, for this. So good, man. So good. My favorite Bobby Heenan line was, uh, <laughs> "By the t- by, the time Iron Sheet gets to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania 18." Was it 38? <laughs> 38. Sorry. By the time, by the time, uh, yeah, by the time really? Iron Sheet gets to the ring, and then it cuts over to the. I think it was uh, Earthquake coming out, and Iron Sheik still wasn't to the ring. <laughs> so I, I saw like, someone tweet that video, like Bobby Eaton saying that, and they're like, this must happen next year if Iron Sheik must appear. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, let's see. Doink the Clown mm-hmm. was a part of the Battle Royal. Brother Love. One would argue, I'm getting to him. <laughs> One would argue that uh, Doink was on Raw the night before. Could be argued. Yeah. Or Shawn Michaels is to believe. I guess it was uh, Chris Jericho dressed up as Doink. He's repackaging. Yeah. I can't believe they put you in that gimmick, brother. <laughs> it very well could have been. I mean, he had time <laughs> to put the gimmick on. So. I mean, was it the original? I don't know. There's been like 30 goddamn Doink. Four of them. Doink, Dink. No, I mean like people that have played the character Doink the Clown. There's oh, been that like too, yeah, yeah. Tugboat, we already said him. Uh, Earthquake, yeah. not much to write home about. Hillbilly Jim, Brother Love, Podcast King that won't ever show up to do a goddamn podcast anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jim Cornette's got him working overtime. Yeah, yeah. Then Rick didn't tape in advance like we do. Yeah. Like, record a couple of bullshit episodes that don't have to fall in any kind of chronological order. Put them in the can. Let Conrad introduce it. Bruce can't be here today, but here's an episode we recorded, an unaired episode we recorded a couple of months ago for just this kind of occasion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brother Love was there. Uh, the only one that gets to cut something like a promo. I love you. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cornette uh, was there. Yeah, and, everyone's favorite cuck, Jim Cornette. <laughs> and you know, uh, it's funny to hear the story about the Battle Royal from Jim and Bruce. 
because I never noticed it before. I listened to their podcast. They didn't really want to be a part of this bullshit. Yeah. They're exclusively like, like we're fighting each other. You yeah. See in the corner. <laughs> they stay in the corner. They battle each other. Uh, Bruce gets eliminated pretty quick by Jim. And then Jim hangs out in the corner waiting on somebody to eliminate him. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, Iron Sheik wins because he, in real life, he couldn't go over the top rope. And so he wins the battle royal, but he then gets choked out by Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, America's got to get his heat back. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That honestly, that you got to admit though, the uh, Iron Sheet getting choked out by Sergeant Slaughter at the tail end—that was kind of cool. <laughs> at the time, we hadn't seen these guys in many, many years. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. It was when, I, definitely... when Sarge when Sarge came back and lost to uh, Randy Orton. I also thought that was kind of cool. At this time, uh, the ones that I know for sure, Brother Love and Jim Cornette, and Michael P.S. We didn't even talk about Michael Hay. Fucking Freebird going like this. (laughs) Michael Hay! Everybody knows the only reason y'all brought this ticket to come here to WrestleMania tonight was to see me. (laughs) So y'all ready to see me beat the shit out of this fucking turkey? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Come here, you fucking turkey! Gobble this bitch! <laughs> oh, you want some of this hockey man? Well, dig, dig, dig! Kimchi, I don't know who the fuck you are. Get over here, you damn Japanese asshole! I was gonna say Harvey Whippleman was there too. <laughs> was Harvey Whippleman there? I didn't I see think Harvey. He was. I don't think Harvey Whippleman was there. I think it was something else. I swear, I think Harvey Whippleman was in the middle of that thing. I don't think he was, brother. I don't think so. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Oh, sorry. Kamal's accompanied by Harvey Whippleman. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, in that case, yeah. Kamala, get over here. <laughs> get over here, you big tribal son bitch. I'm going <laughs> to whip your ass. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> Knock your ass back in the rainforest. <laughs> I love Michael Hayes, man. Oh, man. Go over here, you red-faced preacher-looking motherfucker. Let's sell some tickets. About time. That's the only reason WrestleMania... Wait, wait, mm, sorry, I said wrestle. I should have said... only reason WrestleMania 17 was as good as it was because everybody knows they came to see the fucking Freebird. <laughs> I should have won that match <laughs> but Triple H buried me backstage yeah he said hurry the fuck up Lemmy's gotta fucking play my entrance bitch <laughs> oh man so I know Sarge was working there as a producer at the time mm-hmm. uh, Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard were writers and so was P.S. Hayes uh, I don't know about the rest of them yeah but that was a cool. That was a neat match. It was, it was, it was neat. Two stars, yeah. I give it. Yeah, Dave Meltzer just gave it dud. I guess that's negative five. No, it's just zero. I guess I don't know there. Hmm. I don't know what dud means. Steve, or up next, the Undertaker defeated Triple H in eighteen minutes and seventeen seconds, and. Hmm. I'm kind of torn as to whether this should have been the main event 
or the main event that we got. Nah, this is a good co-main, I think. But there's also a point here, like, Triple H is always a fucking heel, and he gets a live music entrance? What? Why? <laughs> it's more of a face thing, like, here's, like, here's your, like, you know, like, their coronation's gonna happen that night. Like, you know, winning, like, their first title, whatever. You give them the friggin' live music entrance or whatever. Well, then it'd be obvious. That too, but, like, I don't know. Fucking Triple H has to do it, like, every time, like, that's my problem with Triple H's heel. He's good, but, like, sometimes he, like, borders along that, like, that cool heel thing, and it's like, really? Like, nah. The reason Triple H gets music at WrestleMania, live music at WrestleMania, nobody else does, I'm just going to tell you, and this is the truth, you can you can disagree with me all you want, but that ain't going to change the fact that this is just the fact of how it is. It's because he's the greatest wrestler of all time, <laughs> and he fucking deserves it. He's good, but like, uh, I don't know. There's too much controversy around him still. <laughs> I, I'll piss off wrestling fans talking about Triple H because I love Triple H and everybody else. And all the things people hate him for is all the things I love him for. Like, only reason he's over is because he started fucking the boss's daughter. And my, my, my thought is... I'm Triple H. Yeah, I fucked the bosses. I fucked Vince McMahon's daughter. And you and know yeah. what? Fuck you. I'm Triple H. Anyone else in that position, of course, would get the rub. Even if it was fucking some like Joe Schmo jobber. Thank God it was a test. <laughs> oh, man. oh, rest in peace. Yeah. But this is like a, this still, it's a really good match, even though like literally. They had to take the ref out for 10 minutes just so they can like go brawl in the crowd, which is just yeah. hilarious because like Mike Kyoto sells death for 10 minutes. I know. At one point, uh, they lightly tap. No, that's the next match. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mike Kyoto. There's a lot of ref bumps at the end of the show here. They're yeah. running out of refs. The fucking backup Spanish announce table got like yeah. stumped. <laughs> <laughs> so they like the table and like because like I think Taker slammed like Triple H's head into it. It was like this. Like, boom, everything just falls apart. Yeah. Like, just I was like, no. Dios mios. <laughs> the, uh, I really enjoyed that match. Dave Meltzer gives it a three and a half. I'm going to give that one a five as well, because anytime you got Triple H and The Undertaker in the ring together, it's a good match. Fuck you, Dave Meltzer. I'd say I don't four. care if it's It's four for me. I just, I think, like, the whole thing with, like, they have to take the ref out for, like, so long just so they could do the whole crowd spot thing. I don't know. I don't really get it. It's like yeah, when they go to the production area where the music yeah. is, I always mm -hmm. cringe a little bit because I'm thinking one wrong bump and we have no sound for the rest of the show. That's true. Like <laughs> that was a cool spot to like Triple H getting fucking chokeslam like straight yeah. to hell. And like Undertaker's like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, when Triple H disappeared. Now see, had they left it, and I, you know what? I will retract that and I will go with a four because of that spot. Because had they left it alone when they picked up Triple H and just see him disappear in the crowd, and that was the shot they used, and that was the only shot they used, that would have been great. Because mm -hmm. your mind gets to put together the pieces of the puzzle. But then they cut to another angle where you see him land on the crash pad. <laughs> and that just killed it to me. Yeah. It was like, you stupid bastards. You really cut to him landing on a crash pad. I mean, you couldn't. I guess you couldn't tell it was a crash pad too much, but it was a crash pad. Yeah, but it was still a good match. I think just the thing like they could have probably done this a different way, like just make it like fucking like no DQ. I guess they're like, I don't know, 
the next match was oh. no DQ, or just make it a fucking like a uh, no holds barred. I don't know. It's like forty different ways of saying it's like a hardcore match. Yeah, I mean, I get why they didn't because uh, the next match was a no DQ match, so mm-hmm. I get that. But either way, Taker wins, uh, beats Triple H. Triple H, Undertaker, of course, retired last year in two thousand and twenty at the Survivor Series. And uh, his last WrestleMania appearance, he would defeat AJ Styles and ride off into the sunset. Ah, the good old boner yard match. Yeah. Oh, no, that's talking about Mania. (laughs) I really hate that that was his last match because I thought that the cinematic thing that they're doing now should be an excuse that we never have to get rid of The Undertaker now. As long as he's alive. They could have done Taker Sting. Have him do like stunt double shit. Same stuff. Let them do the cinematic thing. And then you know what? When Undertaker dies, by that point, with the CGI that we're we're getting CGI sets and shit already. Use that Disney CGI where they brought back Princess Leia to bring <laughs> to bring in the Undertaker when after he's dead. Oh, and yeah. get rid of that character. Get the fucking Taker deepfakes out here. <laughs> so you could do more cameos, you pay a thousand dollars for it. She goes, that's awesome. All elite Scooby-Doo. You're getting married. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, uh, I enjoyed that one. And, finally, it's time for our main event of the evening. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated The Rock in a no-disqualification match for the WWF Championship when Vince McMahon interfered, turning on The Rock and joining forces with Stone Cold. Yeah. The, uh, the infamous Stone Cold uh, heel turn here. Um, just some notes before we go more in-depth into it. Um, the fucking My Way package. Holy shit, top tier. Still holds up to this day. I mean, oh, yeah. Biscuit can suck a dick, but they had a couple good songs, and this is one of them. I wouldn't even say Limp Biscuit didn't make this song. They were background noise to what you were seeing. Pretty much. And then, like, even another note, too, like, once you see, like, the, uh, the entrance card, whatever, for the, the wrestlers, fucking, they have their own websites. Fucking stonecold.com. Nice. <laughs> nah, that was hilarious. Back I remember that. Days, like, the internet. Everyone had, like, their own like, yeah. website. <laughs> yeah, everybody had their own .com because we didn't have social media yet. Yeah. And now stonecold.com just leads to WWE. <laughs> His profile page, I think. Last I checked. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that sucked, the Stone Cold turn. Who who, who would have known it was going to suck like it did? But, you know, it is, it is what it is, and it's over now. Yeah. But, um, of course, The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, he would take some time away from WWF. To uh, go film The Mummy Returns or The Scorpion King, one of the two, I don't remember. One of them, yeah. I don't and remember, but this is a fucking stellar-ass match, though. We don't really have a lot of notes when we do this show, guys. We have a, a list, at least for me, I have a list of matches, and then everything else is memory. So if, 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 if we're yeah. forgetting I, I, shit, yeah. and yeah. yeah. I got some Sorry. shit here to talk there. I think there's a spot there. Where like I think I think Rock like called the spot to Earl Hebner or something. Yeah, 
Because like he was like like doing fucking Earl Hebner. I think like he tripped into the steps or whatever. He's like, I, heard, I think I heard him say, "Move out of the rocks, way, you son of a bitch." <laughs> I know at one point uh, Earl Hebner takes a horrible bump out of the ring and is dead for like a lot longer than he should be because he was lightly brushed by either the rock or stone cold. And that light brushing is enough to hurl his ass out of Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan style out of the fucking ring. <laughs> Speaking of the rock, there's another announce table moment here. Like he's like literally leaning on it like, like this. And then it just fucking drops. You see him look like yeah. in the corner. I'm like, Oh God, no, there's spots. These yeah. announce tables didn't. We're not built to hold up tonight. They're fucking weak. <laughs> they spent all the budget on the show itself and didn't have any money left to reinforce the announce tables. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and they both did like mediocre sharpshooters. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, uh, I know. Bret Hart just do the just Bret Hart only can do the sharpshooter. That's it. Unless yeah. you're like from Calgary, you can't do the sharpshooter. There was one point in the match that I thought was really cool where Stone Cold broke out the Million Dollar Dream. That was really cool. I like that like little callback. Yeah, like you had to be a, a Stone Cold fan, not even WWF fan, but a Stone Cold fan mm-hmm. to understand what was going on there. But that was really cool. And this match, Dave gives it a 4.5. Even though I didn't care for the ending, I'm still going to give this a 5 star for me because I loved it. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah, four and a half is probably definitely one of the best matches of the night, despite the whole whatever peel turn thing, you know, still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I put in a note here, the finish. Austin hits Rock with a chair 16 times, then it gets a three count. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Ha! <laughs> Good one, man. Good yeah. one. Yeah. I, I mean, got to give you kudos for that, because I never would have thought of that. Good one, man. That's great. Oh, that would have been perfect. That should have been like Stone Cold's new heel finisher. He just hits one with a chair 16 times. Yeah, he had to beat the fuck out of the Rock to take it. He really put the Rock over. I mean, he the Rock in defeat looked extremely strong. Of course, the Rock, uh, later on, there would be the invasion, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a future episode, and the Rock would come back. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go too much into what happened there because I am sure we will talk about that in a future episode when The Rock comes back in 2001. Because mm-hmm. that was a really cool episode of Raw. So. Yeah. And you have just Jared losing his mind. Like, God damn it, Austin. Better suck hands with the devil. Hey, shoulder, shoulder, the devil, man. God damn it. And then friggin' Stone Cold Dex Rock, the title's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> So the, the extra middle finger and he yeah. flips him off right before he does and then hits him with it yeah yeah man this is good shit i, I liked it I and mean, they had the whole recap package of everything which is like damn those are good times you got like those little recaps like i don't know in real time like as the event was going on yeah really cool shit and then that's the show yeah that's everything man wrestlemania 17 to this day at the astro was this the last show at the astrodome was it didn't they close the astrodome after this i think a few years after this yeah i think this is like the last wrestling show i think there well the astrodome is no more unfortunately mm-hmm. uh houston a big city for wrestling mm-hmm. uh, because of houston wrestling and i'm sure we might talk about some of that later i don't know we'll see what happens uh, but all in all I think after watching it again, 
I really do think it deserves to be known as the greatest WrestleMania of all time. It is. It has a bit of everything. You got, you know, hardcore stuff with like the, the triple threat there, technical sort of style wrestling, got Angle and uh, Benoit. You got a lot of story, a lot of stuff. It's just very like, this is like I mean, the apex, the attitude era. And then, like, in the last third of the show, you get like a battle royal with all the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, a tribute to the past <laughs> as well. And it's like, here's like what to look forward to, like, or in the future, yeah. or like, what is the now kind of thing. It's really good. I give this a, a full a full A for me. An A. Yeah, I'll give it. If we're going to go grade, if we're going to go letter grades, I'd definitely give it an A, maybe an A+. plus. But overall, my favorite, WrestleMania. Well, folks, we've decided to make wrestling a series on here. We'll see how it goes next month on the show in the month of May. Mm-hmm. We're going to be rewinding a little bit. And we're going to be talking about WCW Slamboree. What year was it? 98? 98. 98. WCW's Probably best year, I think the most profitable year, 98. Oh, hands down. So we're going to be talking about Slamboree 98 in our next uh, episode of Wrestling. Mm. Uh, if you support our, thank you for supporting our show and checking out our Patreon page. Wrestling, of course, will be available sometime in May exclusively on GunsAndRadio.com. Hell yeah. And if you like Guns and Roses and you like to hear classic rock and stories about rock and roll and you just enjoy hearing us jabber and act stupid on the radio, then head over to your favorite podcasting platform and look up our weekly show guns in radio mm-hmm. where we, uh, every Monday we review a song by guns and roses or one of the original five members. And we, we have a blast. We have a really good time. Even if you're not that big of a Guns N' Roses fan yet, you will be after you listen to our podcast. Hell yeah. So join us there, and be sure to come back next month for another episode of Wrestling. Yeah, brother. Slambury 98. Should we uh, run down the match card for this? Or? Uh, no, no. We'll do that. We'll do that on that show. Because right. we run down the match card is pretty much the main deal of the show and we've been ha- mm-hmm. we've had them here for two hours now so i think we should send them home hell okay. yeah well thank you guys for taking a trip down uh, memory lane with us here on rashlin <laughs> presented by guns and radio peace peace <laughs>